Welcome to the Overcomers Podcast. Today you'll hear a message from our very own Pastor Richard D. Dobbs entitled, You See the Difference Because of My Connection. In today's message, Pastor Dobbs talks about how the Lord reassures us that we are already clean because of the spoken word. Pruning allows us to get rid of those old things that attempts to remind us of our sinful and unclean state of living. From wherever you're listening, we hope that you are empowered and equipped by today's message. John chapter 15, going to read new 1 through 8. Again, focusing on 1 through one through 3. I, the New King James Version Bible reads as follows. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can't do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. Isn't that a wonderful thing to know that if you if you abide in God, that you can ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you? Somebody should have said amen right there because that's a good place, amen, to be happy about. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you will be my disciples. Amen. Based on what I've just read to you, I want to talk to you from this subject. You see the difference because of my connection. We'll cover that as we get into it. But you see the difference because of my connection. Oh, before I forget, thank God for our MC this morning, Minister, Senior Minister Margie Smith. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for her. And our opening prayer by Minister Wanda Harris. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise for him. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word this morning. You have been so good to us today, and as you always have been. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. Thank you. You are our strength, God. Strength, strength. Thank you for being our strength. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank you for allowing us to receive your word. We pray that you'll open up our hearts and our minds. Let our minds be open to receive your word. Help us to grow and mature to become all that you've called for us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Let those that agree say amen. In John 15, we are picking up uh, a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples in which he is describing himself. You know, many times throughout scripture, Jesus would describe himself to the ones who were following him, who were learning about him, who had an interest to be a student of the word of God. And he was describing himself in a way that I'm sure that the disciples at the time had not really thought about. And I believe when we look at this particular scripture, uh, it, it begs to teach us something here. It teaches us something. And if we are like the disciples, we should have 
God is having a conversation with us, we should follow in this particular example, that we should learn, we should be a student of the Word of God. And just like God is speaking to his disciples here, his learners, his followers, his students of the Word, we should take heed to what the Spirit of God is saying to us this morning. He says in this text that he says, I am the true vine. He says, I'm the true vine. He says, that which is real based upon my name, corresponding to my name. I am the true vine. I am the vine. I am the one that is real. I am genuine and I am sincere. He is is the one that is signified by his name. Of course, his name is Jesus. And he says, I am the true vine. there's, There's there's nobody like me. Now, when he said this, it caught me by what I would say not surprised, but it caused me to think a little bit. Because he says, if I am the true vine, then there must be other vines out there that are not true. Opposite of true is false. So if he's telling us that he is the true vine, he's put emphasis on it. He says, I am the true vine, there must be also other vines that you can be connected to that are not good. There's individuals you could be connected to that are not good. There are groups that you could be connected to that are not good. There's individuals that are incorrect and that are distorted, that are inaccurate, and that are just simply wrong that you can be connected to. And many of us can agree that the outcome of being connected to something that is other than Christ can lead to something that is going to be the opposite of godly results. If you're connected to something that is not true, it's going to bring about something that is false. And so we see this in the text that he is concerned about what the disciples are connected to. And he wanted to make sure that they understood that he is the true vine and that he is the one that we should be connected to. There are all, but there are other vines or other connections that you can make in life. There could be connections that seem good, but are not necessarily good that you be connected to. They're incorrect. They're distorted. And anything that you are connected to sooner or later will begin to influence you. It'll begin to influence you in a way that it could be negative and and it can be ungodly. You can be connected to something that is not going to produce the fruit that God wants you to produce. Now, I believe that we're going to operate as a connected members in our local church. We must rely on the Lord to teach us how to be connected in, to him as well as each other. We have to allow the Lord to link us together tightly and knitly to closely associate, uh, closely associate with one another. And the Lord has to teach us how to be connected. Some people it's going to be easy to be connected to but and easily linked to, but others it's going to take something in order for it to come to pass. It's going to require us to do some work. It's going to, God's going to have to divinely link us together. I'll be honest with you. You know, some people, they're easy to get along with. So when you talk to them, they got a pleasant personality. But sometimes we can let personalities hinder us from being connected together. 
Mm. And sometimes we can let our own dispositions, what we're going through, uh, family issues, job issues, business issues, cause us not to be connected to others. And sometimes we can look at people and look on the outward appearance, and, and just like they did back in the Old Testament when they saw David. But God said, I'm not looking at what's going on the outside of David. I'm looking at what's going on on the inside of David. And that's what caused, amen, God to be connected to David. And anybody that was connected to David ended up being blessed and prosperous along the way. Now, I'm not saying they didn't go through things, but in the long, when it came to the bottom line, they were blessed and highly favored. And so we see this, that there is a good, when it calls us to be, uh, excuse me, a true vine, and also I'm sure there are false vines out there. But it causes us to be, when we're, we're hooked up with God, we're going to be linked together. We're going to, I'm telling you, it's going to make a difference in not only in my life, but it's also going to be, be make a difference in everyone that is connected to us. And we ought to be in a position that we ought to want to make a difference in our brothers and sisters' lives. We ought to want to make a difference in it, in my brother's and my sister's life. Who is selfish enough that you're going to start, you're going to skip over certain people and pray for certain people because of this, that, and the other? Who, what, what if that would have been us that we had to be skipped over this week when we really needed somebody to pray for us? I thank God he loves me enough that he causes and he puts on people hard for them to pray for me, just like he puts on my heart to me to pray for you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Thank God he puts you on your heart. We pray for one another. Oh, tell you that, but we're praying for one another. Oh, some of you guys say it by faith. We're praying for one another. Come on, say it like you really mean that. We're going to be praying for one another. Some of y'all could probably say it a little bit better. We're going to be praying for one another. Because it's important. You can't skip over that person behind you in that yellow. You can't skip over that person behind you in that black. You can't skip over that person behind you in that blue or that gray or that orange or whatever. You can't skip over them because of whatever. You got to pray for one another. That's what causes us to be linked together. See, if I love Jesus, I'm not going to skip over individuals around me because of whatever. I'm going to pray for everybody because Jesus didn't die just for a few people. Jesus, so for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that we should pray for one another. Now, he also says something that I find interesting. He says in, in John 15, 1, my father is the vine dresser. Jesus also lets us know in this verse that his father is the vine dresser. A vine dresser is an interesting terminology. It's one who prepares the land for raising of crops. It's one that plows and cultivates the land. One who prunes, trains, and cultivates vines. Many times when Jesus would give an example, he gave an example of something that people in the area were familiar with. They were familiar with a vine dresser. They knew what a vine dresser was. They knew the occupation and what the vine dresser would do in his particular occupation. They knew the purpose behind. They knew that a vine dresser did certain things. Like we described here in this particular sentence, one who prepares the land for raising of crops, one that plows and cultivates the land, one who prunes, trains and cultivates vines. And I'm sure there were people in this particular group that if they were not 
uh, directly a vine dresser, they were probably familiar with somebody who was. So they understood what was happening when he used that terminology. But he said his father was or is a vine dresser. And when you think about the father, there's a couple of connotations that you must think about when it comes to the Father. We can think about God himself, but I, I like to look at it as we see in, uh, excuse me, when Mary was impregnated by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was the Father in that particular case. So when I look at it as the Holy Spirit being a vine dresser in our lives, that's how we can apply today. So when I talk about the Father, I talk about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to prune us, is going to plow us, and is going to cultivate us. It's going to prune us. It's going to cut away dead and overgrown things such as old ideas, ways of doing things, and old conversations. I thank God he loves me enough to cut away the old way I used to say this, that, and the other. I remember some of us, it, it, listen, the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue that they that love us should eat the fruit of us. Some of us have learned how to talk a better way. We've learned how to think better, talk better, and act better. We call those things as not as though they were. We speak the word of God over our lives despite the negative circumstance we may be dealing with. And so we know that because why? We know that all things are working together for our good because we love God and we're called according to his purpose. We have we got an old conversation that the vine dresser is removing from our lives. And I thank God he's pruning our old conversation. He didn't do it all at once, but he, over time, he has pruned stuff away from our lives. He's also plowed up. He's to break up the soil so that seeds can be easily plowed. The Bible teaches us that the Lord is, he is the one who breaks up the folly ground in our life. He breaks it up so good seed can fall in there. And the seed is the word of God. If God did not break up the seed, the, excuse me, our old folly ground, we couldn't I receive what thus saith the Lord. So we hear words that come forth that says that we're going to be divinely connected. We can receive that word because God is breaking up the folly ground. He's breaking up our old way of doing things. He's breaking up stuff. How do, how do we learn how to love? We couldn't do it the old way. We got to do it God's way. And we got to do it God's way because God is always teaching us something along the way. I appreciate that. that. I appreciate that I'm not too old that I cannot learn more about God. Oh yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that I'm not to the point where I can't say, you know what, teach me something, God, and whoever you want to use to teach me, I'm, I'm satisfied with that. Because God can use the smallest of us to teach us some great things. Are y'all following him? Listen, you don't don't never underestimate our youth in this church, amen. I saw the youth, amen, lay hands and and, and pray. And sometimes the youth, they'll talk about, I, I want this, that, the other. I plan on getting this and I plan on getting that. And sometimes we'll look at them like, you know what, you can't afford this and you can't afford that. But you know what, that ain't what God said. You know what, you can have your heart's desire if you do right by me. These youth make are in there with, amen, a PlayStation 19 and not even cost them but dime and not even cost us a dime because why? They got enough faith to cause it to come to pass. Oh, you thought you should be, you got to pay for it. When they want something, you think you got to pay for it. But let me say this here, you ain't got to pay for everything that these you want. 
Oh, oh, somebody else should have said amen right there. Oh, you ain't got to pay for everything they want. They may want to have a car at 17, a brand new car paid for and everything else. Who knows what? Somebody may drop a car and they laugh. Who knows what God can do if they got the faith to believe? How you can do that. Also, too, they can make good grades, too, as well. Hallelujah. And, and behave well in school as well. So he's breaking up the father ground. Another thing, he's cultivating us. He's preparing us for a harvest. I love the fact that he's preparing us for a harvest. Right now, God is preparing us for a harvest. He is preparing us for something great to take place in our lives. He's preparing us not only to cancel our debt, but bless us enough so we can be a blessing to somebody else. Oh, he's doing it right now. He's cultivating us for the harvest. He's cultivating my brother. He's cultivating my sister for the harvest. And now he's cultivating us to a point that we are thinking better, we're talking better, and we're acting better. He's doing it in a way that will allow us to be productive and more valuable to the kingdom of God as well as our local church. When you walk with God, you got to understand, yes, we're going to be productive for the kingdom of God, but it's going to start and it's going to be mostly for the local church. It's the local church that God is connecting us to. He's linking us together divinely in the name of Jesus. And every branch that does not bear fruit, he says, he's going to take away. I want you to know something, John 15 and verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. So if you're not going to bear fruit, he's going to take take you away. But also, if you're a branch that bears fruit, he is going to be one that's going to be pruned. So there's some, listen, some, there's some type of action that's going to go on in every branch. And there's some type of action that's going to take place in every branch life. You can't rem- be a branch in God and remain the same. Either you're going to be taken away or you're going to be pruned. I just, listen, I thank God for pruning. Because if, if I'm not being pruned, then that means he's going to end up taking me away. If you think you're in a place where nothing going to happen, Scripture says differently. Scripture says either going to be pruned or you're going to be taken away. Lord, thank you for pruning. Everybody say, thank God for pruning. Because, boy, if, I don't want to be taken away from God. So, I, listen, I don't mind God pruning me because that means he's not going to take me away. If you come to church week in and week out and you never get pruned, something wrong. You better get ready because you might be getting ready to be taken away. Those scripture says either you're going to be pruned or you're going to be taken away. I'm looking for God to prune some stuff away from my life. I'm looking for God to take some stuff away from my life. Why does he prune me? So I can bear fruit. I can produce a certain type of fruit, a godly fruit that he's looking for. And fruit is interesting because it has something to do with the way we think, the way that we talk, and the way that we act. It's going to be more like Jesus. So when he he prunes stuff, he takes stuff away, he cultivates us. He's looking to see Jesus after the pruning. He's looking to see more of the way he thinks, the more of the way he talks, more of the way he acts in our lives. And why? Because he's going to be taking stuff away from me. That's not causing that to come forth. I'm not that much of a uh, a gardener. I, 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 my grandmother my, and my grandmother, they could, they could grow anything. They could cut a plant off from your house and cause it to look pretty by the time in, a, in about at a little while. I mean, they could cut. I mean, 
I mean, it's amazing how they could cut a plant, piece of a plant. I'm talking about if I cut that plant out and I stuck some plant in the water one time to see what it's going to do in my backyard. Oh, you know, that thing died within not too long later. But my grandmother could cut a piece of a plant off, cause that thing to grow, and it almost looked prettier than the person who gave her the plant. She could grow stuff like that. That's not how everybody got that kind of skill. So don't go up cutting off people's plants now unless you know what you're doing, okay? But what I'm, the point I'm making is some people know how to make things grow. And the point I want you to understand is God knows how to make you grow no matter what your background is. If God got to cut you away from drugs, he got to cut you away from alcohol, he got to cut you away from lies, he got to cut you away from fornication, he got to cut you away from adultery, he got to cut you away from whatever it is. He knows how to cut you away, replant you, and cause you to grow. Oh, how do you know, Pastor Because he done cut many of us away from things that we used to do. Oh, he cut some of us away from alcoholism. He cut some of us away from uh, being jealous. He cut some of us away from anger. He cut some of us away from unforgiveness. He cut us away, and he caused us to grow right now. You look around us. You, listen, some of us don't even recognize who we used to be many years ago because of when God cut us away, that's why he said, I'm going to take you away from sin. When I take you away from sin, I'm going to replant you in my and me. I'm going to cause you to grow. And you are divinely connected. And you're, when you're divinely connected, you are going to grow. You're going to grow. You're going to grow. So he calls this fruit to take place. Now, we're going to encounter people, situations, relationships, even areas in our life that have no desire to, that have no desire to, Manifest the character of Jesus in our thinking, talking, and acting. These things will be taken away. They're going to be removed. They're going to be taken loose. They're going to be taken away from our life. And let me say this to you. I'm, I had this point a little bit later. Let me go and drop this in right now. Sometimes we're not always going to like what's being taken away from our lives. We're not always going to agree with God that's being taken away. Sometimes when God takes things away, we're going to try to hold on to it because we feel like this, this is necessary in our lives. Oh, because God will cut off a family member just as quick as anybody else he will. God will cut off a loved one from your life and, and this not even think nothing about it. And this is what I know. It will hurt you emotionally. This person is being gone. But God loves you enough because he knows this person doesn't want to produce godly character. And when they don't want to produce God the character, you got to let them go. I know it got kind of quiet right there. I'm glad y'all listened to me. But you know what? It's just a reality. We're not always going to like what God takes away from our life. And I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Because I ain't never liked everything God done in my life. I know some people just, I know people give that testimony. Oh, whatever you do, God, I'm happy with it. But there's some things that God has done in my life. i like, God, you know what? That's why you, Lord, and I'm not. That's why you're king and I'm not. That's why you are who you are and I am who I am. Because he knows what's best for us. Oh, tell somebody God knows what's best for us. And we should not get upset when the, the Lord begins to uproot people, relationships, and old habits out of our life. He is removing things so that we can secure our connection with him and our sisters and brothers in Christ. He's removing things that's stopping us from being connected to one another. He is removing people that's causing us, amen, to not be connected. Because there's some people that will try to poison your connection with fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. 
There were some people that would try to poison, amen, your relationship with your local church. They'll try to tell you that you shouldn't be in that church or you shouldn't do this, that, and the other in the church. But it's imperative that we understand where God has planted you at, that's where you need to be at. That's where you need to be at. It doesn't matter who come or who go. If God tells you to be here, that's where you need to be. Why? Because you divinely connected to one another. When you're divinely connected, oh God, no, nobody should be able to break that, that connection that comes between you and your, and your God. Nobody should be able to break it. Now, I want you to notice something here in verse John 15 and the latter part of 2. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You know something that God is interested in us bearing fruit. In fact, he is to the point that if you're not bearing fruit, he thinks something wrong. And so if you're not bearing fruit, he's going to cut away some more stuff so you can bear more fruit. And so I'm not always a big fan of pruning in my life. Now, in your life, I'm okay with it, okay? And I know it's kind of selfish, but pray my strength on the Lord. But when it comes to me being pruned, I'm like, ooh, God. And if you're real, sometimes pruning, you're going to feel that in some form, fashion, or another. I'm talking about some real pruning. I ain't talking about that stuff that we want to do. Oh, God, I need you to move this a certain way. And don't don't hurt when you move it now. You ever uh, had a child and you had to take a Band-Aid off the bin now? And that thing real, real tight? Oh, yeah. Because they, they like, ooh, I don't like that. Ooh. Let me just rip it off and it'll be over this quick. No, don't rip it off. Take your time. Rub it a little, take a little bit out, rub it a little bit, take it out, rub a little bit. Then take that, then take that. And so some of us get tired, we just rip it off. Yeah. But it, you know, it's over just like that. Oh, but sometimes when God is taking stuff off in our life, it, sometimes it don't feel too good. you like, God, don't rip that too. Dude, that's kind of rough right there. When stuff is really connected to you that shouldn't be, when God take it away, it's not pretty all the time. I've never been real with you. I, I mean, with me, it's not. I'm like, oh, God, that's not. Mm. And sometimes you don't even realize that it's there until it gets in the right environment and starts to grow. Like there's some things that don't grow in the middle of winter. Well, let springtime come around. Let springtime come around. And you saw st- stuff start growing and like, and so, this is the thing about it. You ever looked in your yard and saw stuff that you didn't plant grow up in your yard? Have you ever planted something, had a flower bed or had something, and you looked in the yard? I said, I didn't plant this, but here it is growing in my yard. Well, this, here it is with God. There's some stuff growing that we don't know about sometimes that God has to prove that we may not necessarily like. Oh, there, there's associates that come up in our life. They got, you think they're a good associate, but God said, mm, not, not any good. And this is what, what I love about pruning. Uh, well, well, listen, when God prunes you, he don't even ask your permission, can he move it or not. Notice the sex here. He didn't ask the person that being cut, oh, can, can I uh, have permission to move this away from your life? No, he just went in and what? Start pruning. And, you know, we don't ever ask the plant, for those who do some gardening, you don't ever ask uh, the plant, should I remove this away from you around you? Do you, do you like this kind of fertilizer? We don't ask his opinion because why? We think we know a little bit better. Are y'all following me? And so if we know a little bit better, we, we're going to give it what it needs in order for it to grow. So God is going to give you what you need in order to grow and to what? Produce more fruit because he's looking for fruit in our lives. Everybody say he's looking for fruit in my life. 
and, and, uh, and so he says he's looking for fruit. He, he knows what we need in order to produce fruit because he is the vine dresser. He is the vine dresser. And the vine dresser job is to cause you to produce more fruit. And he knows what you need, how you need it. This, this is what you guys understand. He knows what needs pruning, what needs plowing, and what needs cultivating in your life in order to produce the fruit that he desires for you to have. He knows what you need. Because why? He's the vine dresser. And since we begin to bear fruit, we should look for the Father to prune our lives so that we can produce the character of Jesus in our words, our deeds, and our action. Look for God to clean some stuff up in our lives. Take away the filth or impurities. Take it away, God. Take it away. Take it away, God. I don't, I know I don't always like it, but take it away. I know it feels good, but take it away. I know it sounds good, but take it away. It's to cut away dead and overgrown ideas. Cut away dead and overgrown ideas. Stuff that ain't worked in years, we got to change it. Got to change it. Change it. Ways of doing things, we got to change our ways of doing things. And there's nothing wrong with that. I know it's it's not always good, and I, I'll be honest with you, I'm probably one of the worst that. That's why God has to constantly prune me. I go ahead and admit mine. I pray that you'll learn from my mistakes, and you'll go ahead and just follow God's plan for your life. Let him prune like he wants to do. Let him prune so you can produce more fruit. Because that fruit is going to be beneficial to not only you, but let me say this about fruit. Fruit is meant to be eaten. Fruit is meant to be eaten. When you got a good apple, a good orange, a good pear, a good piece of watermelon, a good grape, whatever the fruit is, whatever your desire, strawberry, whatever your fruit is, fruit is meant to be eaten. In fact, you know something about fruit. If fruit is not eaten in a certain amount of time, it's going to, that's it. Fruit is meant to be eaten. So that's why he says we got to continue to produce more fruit. Because if fruit is not eaten in time, it's going to spoil. But God doesn't say, because it's spoiled, it's all over with. Let me tell you something. We have bought stuff, and I think the thing that we buy in our house, bananas. Buy four bananas, two of them get eaten, two of them spoil. Do you think we're going to go back to the store and buy some more? Of course we do. We got to get what? More fruit. Let me tell you something. In God's mindset, Listen, sometimes the stuff that he has prepared in your life for somebody else, they don't take advantage of it. He just, just get more fruit. Get more fruit. More fruit. Because God knows what people need. Now, sometimes it's our fault because it's not being taken advantage of. We don't go out to the neighborhoods, the highways, the byways. We don't go to our friends, our coworkers. We got fruit, but we hide it. We hide the fruit. And I understand, because you know you got some people at work that will get your fruit in a heartbeat. You, you got some people at your house, if they knew you had a certain thing that you got hidden in that certain place, they would get it. My brother back is on the real one back here. He said, yes, I would get it if I knew where it was at. Look, they knew if you had that snicker or that, they would go and get it. You never hid some candy at your house and went back to look for it and couldn't find it? They have gotten it. Put your name on it in the refrigerator. And somebody has left the container in there. And the contents of the container are gone. 
You had your name in the container. That's all they were. I thought you wanted. Is <laughs> they store they're going to give you. But the fruit is meant to be consumed. It's meant to be shared with somebody else. It's meant to be shared with a coworker. It's meant to be shared with a family member. It's meant to be shared with loved ones. It's meant to be shared. Fruit is not meant for you just to hold it and sit it out. It's meant to be shared. So you got you got somebody that you love. Give them God's fruit in your life. Give them God's fruit so in turn they may live. Cause fruit produces energy, life in somebody else's life. It produces that. And so it's hard for us to connect to a body of believers with Jesus being our head. If our members are more connected and committed to worldly things and ways of doing things. You got to understand when individuals are connected to the world, it causes the fruit not to be productive. It causes it to have as I grew up in the country, you saw a good apple, but you cut it up. There was something crawling in the middle of that apple. I have, I had my grandma used to grow pears and uh, peaches and apples, and they would look good. But when you cut it, I seen little stuff start crawling out of it. I don't care how good you watched on the outside; it did not get rid of that thing that was on the inside of it. You got to understand something. Hooking up with the world causes your fruit to be contaminated. Hooking up with ungodly people can cause your fruit to be contaminated. It can cause, listen, and don't nobody, listen, I, I've seen stuff laying on the ground. It looked good. And some people can see your fruit. It can look good. But on the other side is a little worm is crawled up in there. Some sin. The Bible said a little leaven leavened the whole what? Lump. You see, a little sin can cause things to go bad in your life. And people cannot partake of your fruit. It can look good, but it ain't good for the people around you. And you got to say, when you hook up with the world, listen, it may, the world may seem good, but let me, watch this, it's contaminating, contaminating your fruit. It's contaminating, listen, I know this, that's why God has to cut things off and cut people off from our life, cause they contaminate. They cause things not to be what they seem, I should say. If our members are more connected and committed to worldly thinking and ways of doing things, it's going to contaminate the fruit. Now, we have to trust the Lord Jesus with the pruning process. We have to trust him. That's why he says in that part, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. We got to trust him with the fruiting process. We got to trust him how he cleans us up. He takes away filth or impurities. He, we got to trust him with the process. We need to yield our control of this aspect of our spiritual growth and development and allow him to identify the dead and unproductive connections that we have in our lives. Because it's going to mess our fruit up if we're not careful. And, and when the Father's in control, there may be some relationships and habits that are cut from our life that may seem harmless. But in order to fulfill our destiny, those things must be cut away from our life or pruned from our lives. And I know it's not always easy. Because a lot of, sometimes we allow things in our life because we see them as beneficial. We see them as beneficial, but doesn't mean God sees them as beneficial. Now, you can allow some things to be in your life that doesn't seem beneficial, but don't let them influence you. 
Don't let them influence you. Yeah, I know you got a job, but don't let that job influence you more than God. I know you got a business, but let that business influence you more than God. Yeah, I know you love your family, but don't let your family take you away from your connection. I know you love, but don't let that thing cause you to be disconnected from God. Because it's easy to do. Oh, yeah, and, 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 and it's a reason you're connected to it. Sometimes, oh, yeah, I got, okay, Lord, that's a good one. Sometimes there's only a, a season you're going to be connected to some things. And when that season is up, it's time to let it go. It's a season. It's a season. And so we have to understand God's way of doing things. And we may not always agree with it. I promise you. And and I'm emphasizing the pruning process is not always pretty because it's not. Pruning is not a pruning, a pretty process. But you thank God for it. I would tell you losing weight is wonderful. But I'll be lying to you. Now, I can lose weight by accident all day long. But to try to lose weight, oh, my goodness. When you say we try to lose weight, that's when you, I gain. <laughs> Trying to eat right, oh, gosh. That's when everything else look good to you. It's the pruning process. Pruning process is not always something that's wonderful. But we appreciate it, though. We got to let God do it. We got to let the Father be in control so it can take us to our destiny. And that's what you got to understand about God. When God prunes you, he, he's not pruning you just to leave you there. He's pruning you to take you to places that only God knows about. Eyes have not seen nor ears heard the things that God has prepared for those that love him. That's why we love John 15 and 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Now, m- m- let, me, let me say something before I get into this one. When I read that, I was going to say, ooh, we're clean. But I thought about this now. We can be clean for a moment. But then again, we can mess up, and God has to clean us up again. So I said, well, got to be something you're you saying here, God, that I'm not quite catching here when I first looked at this particular text. You are already clean because of the word. Now, I can be clean. Yeah, I don't, no doubt about it. I can be clean. You can be clean, too. But let's face it. If you keep living long enough, you're probably going to mess up somewhere along the way. They'll be real about it. Now, Pastor, not me. I'm not going to mess up. Okay, the rest of us, you pray for us, okay? Because that person next to you probably going to mess up sooner or later. Probably sometime in, since January the 1st, 2019, that person beside you has made a mistake. They made a mistake. They did something they got no business doing. And they've asked God to forgive them. And now here we are. So this is something that I knew that when I looked at this, I had to look at it again. So you are already clean. No, it's already clean. Already clean. So before I got there, I'm already clean. Okay, God, why why am I already clean? Because of the word which I have spoken to you. So notice he didn't say the written word, but the word that was spoken to him. Before I get into it, you see how important? The spoken word is in our life. Yeah, you got the written word, but you notice the spoken word. It's the spoken word that's going to change our lives for the better. Spoken word is another word for the revealed word. Because it's spoken. But notice, it's spoken from the mind of God. 
the mind of God. It's not just our faults, but it's his faults. Because anytime you speak something, we hear what's on your mind. We hear what's on God's mind. What's on God's mind? He tells, he speaks it to us. Speaks it to us week in and week out. So keep these thoughts in mind as we go through this particular text. So he reassures us we're already clean. Now clean means we are free from sin and guilt. We're free. When you're clean, you're free from sin and guilt. Doesn't mean you're not going to sin again, but you're free from it. Oh, thank you, Lord. The difference is, see, when you're held in bondage to it, sin can just tell you when when to go, when to do it, how to do it, and so forth. But when you're free from it, whom the Son has made free is free in. Oh, I gotta hear some. Got some Bible words, don't it? Whom the Son has made free is free what? Oh yeah, when you're free, but you notice you're free because of the truth, and the truth that you know is gonna make you free. So we see that we're free from sin and guilt because of the spoken, the words that, that God declares out of his mind. Pruning allows us to get rid of those old things that tend to remind us of our sinful and unclean state of living. God know how to clean us up. He know how to clean. You're already clean, son. You're clean. Well, God, I, don't, I didn't do everything right, but you're clean. He's calling those things not as though they were. But you know one thing I really think he's emphasizing here? The blood of Jesus. Oh, that blood that was shed back on the cross at Calvary clean you up if you receive him as your Lord and your Savior. You know, it cleans us up, clean us from past sins, clean us from sins we commit today, and, commit, and cleans up from sins we'll commit in the future. I know, somebody, I, know some, I heard one preacher say, well, you shouldn't have, you shouldn't have to talk about you going to commit sins in the future. Well, I pray that I never do. But just in case I do mess up and give them my past track record. You know what I'm saying? I could, if, if my track record was wonderful, I'd be like, well, you know, I ain't got to worry about sins in the future. But given my track record, I said, Lord, let me go ahead and ask you for forgiveness for stuff I'm going to do next week, next month, so forth and so on. I, I'm, not, I'm not predicting anything, but God, thank God your blood still works today. Woo! Thank you for cleaning me up, God. Because you spoke that word out. And the guilt and condemnation of past sins can hinder us from trusting God and each other. It's hard to connect with people you can't trust. Let me tell you the key to this. Trust the Jesus in people. Trust the Jesus in people. I'm like this. If you got 35% Jesus today, I trust you 35%. But if you got 65% Jesus in you, I trust you 65%. Can't be disappointed because I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He won't let me down. But if you ain't got nothing but 10% today, oh, I'm just going to trust 10% in you today. Because that's 90% flesh acting up in you. Oh, see, y'all, y'all don't want to talk to me right now. Y'all don't want to talk right now. See, this is the problem. We start trusting in flesh part just along with God part. And I'm telling you something, flesh will eventually let you down. Flesh will eventually frustrate you. Flesh will eventually make you mad. And see, we get in trouble because we trust the whole person instead of only the part where Jesus is controlling. That's why you get frustrated with folks. That's why you get mad with folks. That's why you say, man, man, I can't believe you did me like this. Be human. Look around here. You see anybody here not human? 
You see anybody in this sanctuary not healing? Because you can't. I'm, I'm saying. So in everybody in here, they got a certain amount of G's going on in them. I pray they got 100%. But if they like the rest of us, well, you know, today it might be 85%. Tomorrow, woo, get to work. <laughs> woo, it might be 35 You know, they get, you see what I'm saying? I mean, it fluctuates. You'll go home. You'll leave the house. You'll be about 75%. You had devotion time. And, boy, you just, whoo, you're on top of the mountain, boy. You're in there with all them folks at work. Boy, you come home, boy. Woo. <laughs> the Jesus meeting went down. <laughs> and the problem is, the Jesus meeting gone down, but I trust for people are way uphill. Oh, you got, let's say, for example, they had 50%, and, and but you can trust that 50%, but that other 50%, oh, you got you to gotta just be... That's what grace and mercy kicks in. Anybody see that? That's what grace and mercy is. So if I'm connected to you, I better be connected the right way. Because if I'm not, if I'm connected to that flesh part of you, there's going to be trouble. It's going to be hard to trust that part of you. And see, some people, they start trusting the people too much. And they say, well, you know what? Uh, you disappointed me. Yeah, eventually I'm going to disappoint you. Eventually I'm going to make you mad. Because I got a certain part of me that, that's got, you know, that, that's got some work going on in it. I ain't the only one. Look, look behind you. Look behind you. They got some stuff going on, too. They ain't saying nothing. Look to the right. Yeah, they got some stuff going Look to the left. They, they got stuff going on. Look up here. He got a whole lot of stuff going on. All right? I'm going to tell you up front, don't even try to, uh, uh, um, I ain't looking past. I'm going to tell you up front, I got some stuff going on. I pray that I'm, I'm at that 100%, but sometimes I come up a little short. And wherever I'm at, I want you to trust that part of Jesus in me. The other part, that, that, that other stuff, well, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. But Pat, you shouldn't be like that. Okay, I'm going to tell you up front. We get in trouble. We get mad at folks. We, listen, we would disconnect from folks because of us. We trusted flesh because we, uh, uh, antiquated the whole person. They're going to be 100% right all the time. And that's not necessarily going to be true. Let me tell you something. Children mess up. Parents mess up. Co-workers mess up. Business folks mess up. Businesses mess up. Doctors mess up. Lawyers mess up. I'm telling you, I can't name one profession that don't mess up. And some people come up to you, and then when you people mess up, people come up to them like, you shouldn't have messed up in my life. Really? Really? That's why I pray for everybody. That dentist that get in my mouth, boy, and start drilling and everything else. I'm, I'm praying for them. I'm praying for them. Are you following me? I'm praying for them. I don't want nothing to slip. I don't want nothing to, to go right, left, whatever. I'm praying for them. Because I don't trust the human flesh not one bit. Jesus put it like this. Oh, I know what's in man. That's why I don't put nothing in them because I don't, I know what's in them. I know what they're made out of. Now, if Jesus knew what was made, made up, he's teaching us, hey, trust the Jesus part of them. But the other part, you know, they're just humans. And so, therefore, it caused you not to be frustrated, not mad. And this was going to cause us to stay connected. Because you, when you feel like you're disconnected, oh, God, you know what? That's what Pastor Dog was talking about. I'm trusting in the human part of them and not the godly part of them. And when you trust the human flesh, you will disconnect from human flesh. You will. 
eventually going to disconnect from. That's why I trust the Jesus part in you. I trust the Jesus part in you. And I'm learning. Because sometimes you can get over and you start trusting and then some folks will disappoint you, make you mad. Uh, the whole gamut of emotions will go over in your life. Feeling different. I mean, they all go over. You know what you find? You trust in the flesh. Jesus will never leave you, never forsake you, won't disappoint you, won't let you down. He won't do it. But I'm telling you something. That person beside you is a wonderful person. But they will let you down every now and then. The human part of them will. They don't mean to. It's just life. Just life. Now, let me, let me end this with this last point. When we hear and apply the revealed word of God in our lives, there should be no condemnation to those who are in Christ who have committed to walk according to the Spirit and not the flesh, according to Romans 8 and 1. Go to Romans 8 and 1 real quickly. We're about to close. Hold on. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk. That's my point right there. According to, not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. When you walk according to the flesh, well, when you walk according to the spirit, you're going to be all right. According to the spirit, you're going to be all right. People can see the difference in our church when we have a strong connection with the true vine and each other. And what, what we're connected to? We're connected to the Holy Spirit inside of every born again believer. That's what connects us. That's what connects our church. That's what connects us to the whole body of Christ. The vine dresser is cutting away things that don't belong. So in turn, we can have produced the fruit that he is desiring. We're going to be a wonderful church members connected as one body. But God's going to connect us by the Holy Spirit. Thank God he's connecting us by the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine being connected to the flesh? Woo! Or the carnal nature? Or somebody attitude? Or somebody in different spirit? Man, that'll frustrate you. Make you want to quit church and everybody else I mean, yeah. But we connect to the spiritual part. Oh, yeah. That's hope. That's joy. This you have peace being connected to the spiritual part. You will. Peace that passes what? All understanding. That's it. You see the difference because of my connection. Thank you so much for listening to today's message. Please subscribe to our podcast. And if you're ever in the Villarica area, you can visit us at 3193 South Van Wert Road in Villarica, Georgia on Sunday mornings at 10 and Wednesday evenings at 7. You can also reach us at 770-459-6221. That's 770-459-OCC1. Follow us on Facebook at Overcomers Christian Center and visit us online at occvr.org. We pray that you're empowered and equipped in today's world.